Well, hi, and welcome back to the People Podcast. It's uh, Ryan here, lead pastor of uh, C3 People, and today I'm very excited to uh, have Jack with me. How are you, Jack? I'm really great, Ryan. Thanks. Although a little bit clogged up, so sorry if I'm a bit well, you, sneezy or you've done well. You've come out of the flu and it's been hanging around, hasn't it? Yeah, it's Who's good. had the flu hanging around this season? Oh my goodness! Um, and a recent new dad. I am, yeah, boy right. number three. How's yeah, that going? Growing great, yeah. Real right. tribe of boys, and oh, and Elsie Ash, but she's she's loving it as well. So. <laughs> does she feel outnumbered? She does, yeah. And the boy and the other older two are consistently letting her know how outnumbered she is. Um, they they were pretty happy. They've been one and another boy, so yeah. They're stoked. They got another brother, but uh, yeah. I mean, I know Eric. It's always like, geez, sometimes I feel outnumbered by you lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of testosterone in the room. Um, talking about. Uh, babies. Yes. Also, just to let everyone know a little bit about what your wife, lovely wife Ash does. Yes. She's right into photography, right? She is. Yeah, yeah. So, birth photographer now, uh, which has been doing for the last oh, maybe two years. And, yeah. Um, and really loving it. Her previous career was in international disaster response and emergency management. So. Whoa. Yeah. So I used to sort of live with a grab bag by the front door and um, responding to disasters and you know doing. Uh, yeah, emergency response stuff and, and aid worker overseas, but sort of, you know, had kids, doesn't really, the lifestyle doesn't align. And um, obviously time off work as a mum and then got, she's very creative, got into photography and uh, yeah, and just sort of fell into birth photography and has loved it and it's been really successful since. And it's sort of being on call, I think, suits the lifestyle that we've both been used to sort of growing up pre-kids with, you know, disaster response sort of you know, mindset or, you know, a, 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 wow. a, a life on call being flexible. So that's the probably the hardest part of a job is just the... So the she's still got a grab bag, but it's like the, the, the photography bag off to the... A- <laughs> absolutely. The yeah, hospital yeah. at any hour of the morning yeah, or evening. If there's one of her clients whose due date's coming up, she's sort of waking up to the slightest noise and the phone's on loud next to the bed and, you know, it's, it's, it's her thing is she'll never miss a birth and... Um, yeah, so she always gets there. I love that she does that, just to celebrate life in that way. It, it, and it's, oh, I think like ourselves, like we, you know, we, we had a birth photographer, uh, Solomon, our latest um, boy, and it was great. Like, but we didn't have it for the first year. We just sort of didn't even know about it. And a lot of people were a bit, oh, you know, birth photographer's a bit funny. Why would you do that? And, you know, isn't it a bit crazy too, the sort of birth experience? And, um, but the way she's able to get those photos and, bring those memories back and the celebration because there is so many great times. It is, it's just a beautiful time and, and the photos really capture the rawness of it and the beautiful moments of it. And, um, I love yeah, it. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Little promo. Sure, what's what's the follow on Instagram or uh, website? So Ashley Jane Birth Photography. Yeah, it's her Instagram account. Uh, yeah, you'll see lots of uh, photos of our bub at the moment, but um, then you know all the previous clients. So yeah. that's incredible. I've I've checked them out. They're beautiful. Yeah, that's all I yeah. can say. Those moments. What's more precious than the first few breaths of yeah. a child on this earth? Yeah. So cool. So you did the she did the disaster relief thing. Yes. And then you're in the military. Yes. How long were you in the military? It was like 16 years all up in the end. So I wow. joined straight out of high school. So 18, finished year 12, went down to the Australian Defence Force Academy. That was sort of um, the vision almost from 14, 16. I sort of wanted to join the Army. I was super interested in the idea of being a soldier. Uh, and then growing through school, was pretty clever at maths. Um and so we're sort of going down the engineering path. And then I think my dad told me I would have been about 14. 
He's like, oh, you know, you can be an engineer and be in the army. And I was like, no way. Like, that solves all the problems. <laughs> yeah. um, and that was it. So I just had tunnel vision for joining the Defence Force Academy after that. And particularly once I found out they paid for you to go to university and you get a hex debt and all the guaranteed job after that all sold. So, right. um, yeah, so I moved out of home at 18, joined the army and... And I uh, loved it. Wow. 16 years so later. For, yeah. So like from 14, you kind of had an inkling that's what you wanted to do? Oh, I would say growing up, I always wanted it, had a real interest in being a soldier. Like, uh, you know, even I remember being sort of 10, 12, you couldn't go for a bushwalk without picking up a stick and going on patrol. Really? Looking for bad guys, yeah, through the bush. And um, what was, the, Where did that come from? Was oh. that was that in your family anywhere? Or? Yeah, so I was named after my... So my dad's dad's Jack as well. Yeah. Um, so he's Jack Plimmer. And he, he's he got a really interesting story himself. He was an orphan. Um, so grew up in an in, institutionalised home in England. Um, moved to Canada when he was 12. Um, found his family. Got back to England when he was about 19, 18. And got pickpocketed at the port and lost all his money. So he had to end up joining the army as a job. Um Wow. Yeah, got out just before World War Two in literally August, and World War Two started in September. So he got Whoa. he got re-signed back up, um, got shot at Dunkirk, um, rehabilitated, and then got shot again in Italy in Anzio, and um, you know lost you know some um, toes as a result, and had a pretty epic experience, you know, recovering from that. Gosh, um, Dunkirk. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got shot on the beach, and his best mate died next to him under a, under a truck. He's a you know he doesn't shed. He's read a little you know, his memories down a couple of times, uh, which the family's still got, which is good. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I was always sort of inspired by that, I suppose, and uh, and his story and sort of being named after him was sort of pretty special to me. And um, and he met his wife, so my nan, in the recovery. She, she was his nurse while he was recovering from, no his, from his wounds. Oh, there's a movie. Gosh. Yeah, so, um, and then just a sense of adventure. I just love being in the bush, being outdoors, adventure, travel, um, and that all really um, sort of attracted me to the military. And not that I have got a weird fetish for like killing people or shooting people or anything like that. And that's yeah. why I felt like I'd never actually wanted to be a soldier or an, or an infantryman. Mm. Uh, I always liked the idea of building and construction. Um, and when I heard you could do both, you could have the adventure, you could train to be a soldier. But most of your stuff's about building and, and construction. Uh, that was just... Perfect on the, on fit. career for me, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a long time to be in the military, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that before this talk. I was like, 16 years, that's a really long time. But yeah. it doesn't feel like it. You know, I, you know, I'm only 35 now, 36, so I still feel relatively young. Um, but it's a good stint. And it was a bit daunting, because when you signed up, you had to sign up for almost 11 years, was the was the commitment. Oh, okay, so that's normal term. Yeah, yeah. well, because they paid, you know, because you went through university as a, as a funded... Um, funded through university or sort of every year of training you did you had to repay one year plus one yeah so yeah all up i did sort of five years of training um so i had to repay five years plus one is, that's is, how it is, works. is your contract yeah now what would you say you're in 16 years you yep. served overseas yep yep did a couple of tours yeah so i did um so i didn't do any time in the middle east um yep. which is sort of fortunate or unfortunate depends which way you look at it. i've got sort of mixed feelings on it um but I ended up just having to orientate around the Pacific um, in East Timor. So uh, I ended up like doing three years in East Timor between two different trips wow. um, as a peacekeeper and then as a capacity uh, capacity builder. Um, and I really loved that time. So we had a real affinity for the East Timorese. And then did a bit of like development engineering in Tonga and the Pacific and some disaster response stuff to uh, Indonesia, which was an issue one after, in Indonesia after the... Um, 
oh, it's like a fair while ago now, like 2011, there was a magnitude 8.9 earthquake in Penang. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was funny because Ash and I were doing a long distance relationship there. I was going to say, is, I, is this where the meet-up I, 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 We'd met before, we were doing a long distance, but I was posted to Darwin. Ash was living in Sydney and we were sort of dating and... Um, she called me up and said, oh, hey, I'm going to be on a plane on, you know, Tuesday or whatever it was. And because um, the earthquake thing happened on the Saturday. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, have a great trip. You know, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I'm going. I haven't got the call yet. And uh, I got, went driving to work Monday morning in Darwin. And uh, the boss was like, yep, go home, pack your bags. You're on the flight at three o'clock. So, yeah, jumped on the plane that afternoon. And obviously no phone reception or anything like that. And uh, I knew Ash was heading over relatively shortly. And... Um, there was one sort of Western restaurant that wasn't demolished in, in town. And uh, wow. and I was part of the lead sort of team. So there was only probably 30 army guys there at this stage who were sort of cruising around just doing damage assessments and just trying to establish the setup for the follow-on team to come through. And, um, yeah, bumped into each other at Pizza Hut. And no way. Yeah, at lunch. Uh-huh. It's like, hey. And, uh, yeah. How far along were you then? Like, Dating-wise? Yeah. Um, we'd... So when was that? We met 2007... And when I said it was two, th- it would have, that was the end of two thousand and nine. So it would have been sort of two years into our sort of on and off long distance relationship. So yeah. wow. And then I moved to Sydney shortly after that. The start of two thousand and ten. Yeah, got engaged, got married, and was she a fan of the whole military thing? Like disaster relief. Sometimes you know those NGO kind of workers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I. Yeah. When you say a fan, I mean she knew when we met. And we met at like a backpackers traveling, like in Ellie Beach sort of thing. And um, and so we sort of, you know, already knew we sort of liked travel. And, um, and she knew I was in the army. And um, when Ash moved out of Newcastle, it was a sort of big deal for her family. Sort of getting out of Newcastle, I moved to Sydney. And she always had that sort of adventurous spirit too. And she was living on her own in Sydney. I happened to be in Sydney. We reconnected. Um, and I think, yeah, I think she was sort of attracted to the military lifestyle. Because it's a different lifestyle, you know, straight yeah. up, you know, two months after she came to Sydney. And... Um, I was off to Darwin for two years and you don't know where you're going after that. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, her line of work, sort of disaster response and being willing to travel and all that sort of stuff aligned itself well to the flexibility that, you know, it's a hard life, family life for, for military, for those on the other side, the, yeah. the wives and the kids or the husbands and the kids of, um, you know, females serving members. It's a really hard life, you know, a lot of time away. Um, what was the hardest thing? Um... Time away was one, and you don't realise, I suppose, until afterwards the effect it has. So, for example, when our second was born, Hugh, um, when he was three weeks old, I had to go away for six months. Uh, six months. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, um, and it's kind of normal in the end. It's just like, oh, yeah, you're just going away, you know. It's, yeah, it's really tough, obviously. But then you come back, and you sort of try and settle into the normal life, and you realise, yeah, that's not normal. And it was really hard work on Ash that time, obviously, being a single mum with, you know, uh, two-year-old and a newborn um, and obviously missed that really great time with Hugh as well I felt like it was worth you know it's hard to say you feel like it's worth it because we're doing good stuff and we're really you know this is um, working in Aboriginal community up in North Queensland for six months um, building a lot of stuff and capacity building um, but yeah it's obviously a hard time away from the family and and then onto that it's not like you go away for six months and then you're back in a normal life in Newcastle it, you had to move every two years I think that was the hardest thing was actually... So trying to build a base or friendship. Yeah, build a base and just never knowing where you're going next. It's almost the, the constant conversation. I caught up with an uh, Air Force mate of mine on the weekend and, um, you know, it's like, oh, where are you posting to next? It's almost that, you know, you're always talking about where to next and what's going on. And um, Yeah, that can't be easy. No, nah, and, and, and I think if there was, 
what I'll say about you know why I got out. If there was an army job in Newcastle, I probably would have stayed. I love, I really love the military and I love the army. There's just no, not many jobs here in the army for, sorry, in Newcastle for the army. Um, but we just went up for moving again. We just really wanted to establish a base and you know get you know establish a long term friendship network in Newcastle mm. and a base for the kids to go through school and. And I love that. Like that, I've, that I've done that. It was probably the biggest relief for me was not thinking about where I was going next and where I was posting to next, and just going out to Newcastle now and and setting up life here. Or and even now we we you know Ash and I often say we might go overseas again, but at least we can choose when we go, and we know yeah. once we've done what we've done, we'd come back to Newcastle and continue what we're doing here. So it's such a thing, particularly when you have kids. You you really do want to make home when yeah. you're a single young adult. Yeah. Well, you yeah you're kind of happy, but. 16 years again that's a long time what kind of drove you what was your did you did you feel like it was part of your purpose to do that or what was what was the drive I'm always interested in you know that yeah. I mean you're both in public service yeah yeah there must have been a drive there yeah like I don't know if I it's funny I don't know if I would have called it my purpose as, as detailed like that it just it was a really great fit and I was really proud of what I did mm. um and I really enjoyed, you know, the military side of service and particularly even grappling with that as a Christian and the implications that that means. And a lot of Christians are in the military and it's a really uh, well supported, but it's one of those things you have to, you know, can I kill someone, you know, if I have yeah. to defend myself, you know, overseas, um, you know, what does that mean? And, um, you know, some great movies that, you know, out there about, you know, Christians who haven't been able to sort of do that and, and took a different approach to it. But so, um, but I just felt a real sense of belonging. Uh, we established some really great, you know, a lot of people talk about when you serve in the military, you serve for your mates, and that is, I think, really true. You form some really great friendships and a really great community. Um, so the guys I went through university with, my other civil engineering buddies, um, we're still really tight. But then the team you create, particularly the leadership environment, once you do a job, it's all about working for that team you're working at at the moment. Um, mm. And the military had a really great, way too that I've sort of known since I've left in civil industry that's different is we all knew our mission and we all knew our purpose so every time we were doing something or each team we joined or unit we went to it had a really clear mission and vision statement and we Give all you a reason yeah the yeah. reason why this the reason what so my last sort of major job in the army was I was in charge of one of two construction squadrons there was one in Sydney and and one in Brisbane and they're like a hundred strong you know construction crew and so we, wow. knew, we, we knew our job was one of two construction units in the military and we've got to maintain high levels of readiness so that if there is a natural disaster, we can go overseas and do, you know, do water purification, um, open up airfields, um, open up seaports. Um, so, so you know why you exist and you know, there's a real defined purpose. And, mm. and then you've got other units that's got different purposes, but everyone sort of bonds behind that and there's a real sense of why. And then how you fit into the bigger picture too as an army and why nations have armies and all that sort of stuff as well. Wow. So important knowing the, the why behind things Yeah, yeah. is, oh, I think it's, it's innate in every person. Uh, you said faith played a big part well, while you're in the military. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, yeah, where God was in, in the picture of you, like you said, wrestling that thing out, even as yeah. having a... Have, have to kill potentially. Yeah, yeah. How did faith kind of impact your life? Um, I wasn't always a Christian. When I was in when the army, I became a Christian uh, when I was 25-ish, 26, which I think I'm in a car on the way here. Um, mm -hmm. 
halfway through my dating with Ash before we got married. So, um, yeah, so when I, so when Ash and I met, yeah, she obviously, she was pretty open, like, um, that, you know, how I'm a Christian and, um, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was really interested and, um, she knew I wasn't, um, but, uh, but I was, I'm interested in you. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like you, you look back now as a, you know, where are we going? It's a bit wild, but, um, but our second date was Hillsong Conference, you know, she came, she, 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 she came to Sydney and, you know, she was just all cards on the table. Hey, this is what I'm about. If you're interested, then I was super interested. Yeah. Um, in is, her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what it's about. And, um, and I came along and, um, yeah, but, but for yeah, for me, you know, um, also I sort of grew up in in a Catholic church, um, so I sort of knew about God and knew about Jesus, but certainly fell away. Really, really, as a teenager, it was pretty, you know, um, standard uh, non-Christian sort of family. Although my family would say they're Christians, yeah. Um, from our understanding, our church, you know, Dad says he's you know a Catholic, but he doesn't believe you know Jesus rose from the dead. He's sort of you know yeah. um, Catholic by tradition and sort of family. Um, so, yeah, when, when Ash and I were dating, it was, you know, you know, God wasn't a really big picture for me. It was about just a broader level of service and it was all about, it was actually the reason I said it was probably that nation where we knew how we ever chat before about, you know, yeah. why you join the army. A lot of people say, oh, you know, serving the nation. Um, but later on when I became a Christian, I actually really saw my work as serving God. You know, and wow. yeah, and um, you know, just wherever God, you know, puts you. Uh, and I've read some good stuff. You know, Timothy Keller's a big, big favourite of mine, and yeah. uh, Every Good Endeavour is a great book that I really resonated with, which is, you know, um, God answers people's miracles through you know the hands of others, and that's the work you do, and all that sort of stuff. Particularly as an engineer, I got some really great opportunities in the in the military to, you know, bring a lot of hope to some pretty disadvantaged communities, and. Um, Yes, as opposed to serving the nation, which I was, I really saw everything I was doing was trying to serve God. That's extraordinary. Did that follow you out of the military then? Do you kind of, is that where you, like, what drives you now? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a really good question. And I like being the the current organisation I work for manages government land. um, So we're a not-for-profit too, so... um, so I, I like that again of community service that we're managing service aspects, yeah. But absolutely, I, I really feel every decision I make or every you know little is is about sort of trying to serve what God's doing here. And it's not always easy to see that, but yeah. you know, I work in the holiday park industry, and often you can go, oh, you know, is this really making a big difference? Is this making a big difference as Ryan and being a pastor and yeah. you know savings people and. Um, but then I'm like, oh, you know, some people are praying for great holidays and just need to get away and have time. Hundred percent. Just get have time with their I mean, family it's... where they reconnect. And if I'm able to somehow, God answers that family's prayer through a location that's really beautiful and designed really well, where families can connect and solve issues over a holiday and create lifelong memories. Like that's how that fits into that big picture, even though it's quite removed. That's how I sort of see what I do. I love that. I mean, oh, we know in this high stress world that we're in how important rest is becoming. Yeah, yeah. And we're kind of learning to understand that. But to have the vocation that actually helps people actually get that rest that they need. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We've got some pretty cracking locations too that we try and maintain and manage for future generations too. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Tell me about the people in your life that have impacted you the most? 
Yeah, like straight away, I just got to say Ash. Like, um, you know, obviously my parents had a huge impact on me, but I sort of, sort of alluded to it before. So, yeah, you know, this whole can never be or will always be forever grateful for Ash for hanging in with me when we were dating. Yeah. Uh, especially as a non-Christian, you know, you, I still read a lot of stuff about, you know, non-Christians shouldn't date Christians, but she really brought me to the Lord. And like, that is number one for me. Like, I can't think of anything else that is more important in my life wow. than being a Christian and knowing Jesus. And, and it was a real journey because I was, uh, you know, smart engineer, new expert on the Bible, having never read it. And, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And, um, was able to, you know, Nash has just got a really strong just faith having grown up in a Christian family. And so just couldn't answer my, you know, questions, which was, you know, like, Ash, how can you believe? Because I, I, knowing enough about Christianity sort of growing up through it, I had a real issue with it, what, yeah. what I thought Christianity was and what it meant to become a Christian. Um, you know, I, so I used to, you know, say to Ash, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't believe you believe in a literal six-day creation. The world was not created in six days. Yeah. You know, 10,000 years ago and, and Ash is not interested in that like I've got a real interest in you know history and science and um, yeah. and she's just like I just believe it because you know that's uh, I believe it that's what the Bible says and I particularly don't actually care anyway like yeah. um, <laughs> I don't make it sound like she's not smart cause she's super smart no but, yeah, but yeah she's just not interested in that she couldn't argue with me she hadn't you know read about it and um, she was patient enough to, yeah, yeah and also yeah and um, and, and so we you know so I had all these my sister's in an openly gay relationship, so I had, you know, this idea that if I became a Christian, how I'd have to treat my sister and what, wow. that, what, what that would mean for my family. Um, although I never saw that in Ash, Ash was like, so I, I had this idea. And I always found this in the military too, that, um, you know, Ash was the only Christian I knew. Yeah. Um, and and what I found was I opened in the military about being a Christian as I could be about a leader. Like, after six months and that, people would come to me and say all the time, hey, you know, you're the only Christian I know. And, wow. Um, do you believe in literal six-day creationism? And I was able to sort of start breaking down those roadblocks. And um, so, Ash, you know, so I was able to witness. And I remember when we were dating, Ash invited me to her Bible studies um, Christmas party yeah. at, at the pub. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be the only guy drinking beers at the pub <laughs> with, um, with a bunch of her Bible study nerds. Yeah. Um, and they were just the most lovely, loving people who were super interested in me, non-judgmental, and just blew me away. And then watching how Ash you know, treated my family and my sister and just, you know, really broke down a lot of ideas of what I had it was to be a Christian. But then for me, I just couldn't rationally believe in it. Uh, and that's why Ash wasn't able to sort of bring me on the journey. Yeah. Um, she's just got that really strong faith that she grew up with and has a real intimate relationship with God. Whereas for me, I was like, just can't rationally understand how you can believe in God and how someone can rise from the dead. And, and she wasn't able to answer that for me. and wouldn't, um, in my first trip to East Timor as a peacekeeper, um, you know, I was probably over there for about four months. And, and going away for me has always actually been, even after I became a Christian, a great time of reflection and self-growth when yeah. you go away um, from your family. And I was, you know, I remember I was having some, you know, conversations with God then without sort of knowing it was God, but just, you know, you know, looking at the night sky there and questioning where I was going and what things were happening with Ash and... Um, and just after Christmas, she bought me a book called God Actually by a guy called Roy Williams. Mm-hmm. And she bought me a couple of books in the past and I was, you know, um, I sort of hadn't really read them. And uh, I got this one. I was like, oh, Ash is having a final go at trying to get me to become a Christian. <laughs> 
and I'll sort of sort of grumpily said, oh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll read the book, you know, just so I can sort of finally put it to bed. And, and in my mind, I'd come up with a rational argument that, look, yeah, Ash is the one for me. We're going to get married. She'll be the Christian. I'll wait be, and we'll tell the kids our different positions and they can make their own mind up. And I was, yeah, right. I was okay with that. And Ash obviously wasn't. Um, I was hanging in there. And um, But this book, uh, so I reluctantly sort of picked it up and started reading and just loved it, just couldn't put it down. And... Um, and what it did for me, it just broke a lot of these ideas of what I had, you know, uh, intellectual roadblocks, I call it, to becoming yeah, a Christian. Yeah. So, I mean, the first couple of chapters was about, you know, creationism. And it just said, you know, here's all the different positions within Christianity on how the world is created. There's people who believe in a literal six-day creationism yeah. and a 10,000-year-old earth. And here's some of the cool science behind that. Like how it's long just, is a day? All that kind yeah, of, yeah. And, and, and like there's some really interesting science that these aren't, people who just like I thought at the time who were just ignorant yeah. actually researched and come up and I was like that's amazing um, it, facts and interesting I can see why and then they're like and then there's people who believe in you know an old earth and you know God and evolution that perhaps God was you know um, having certain part of that yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then there's other Christians who just believe in pure evolutionary theory um, you don't have to make your decision now because the decision I want you to focus on is what happened at the empty tomb yeah and, um, and then because I actually I, I know I believe I thought to become a Christian I had to believe in a literal six day creationism and yeah. I remember thinking I can never do that so I won't become a Christian wow that was your roadblock that was, yeah. yeah well that was one of them yeah. And, yeah and and that knocked it out of the way and um, and then I had other ones you know I was always you know the last election before I became a Christian I voted Greens mm. you know and, um, and I always remember reading the Australian Christian Lobby you know pamphlets at the voting booth and all that yeah, stuff right. so I was quite into politics and I was like I can never hold these political positions on the conservative far right you know mm. that I thought um, and then it introduced me to hey you know Christian political positions are from here to here and um, you know and there's lots of great Christians who you know vote far left it's not all far right like you're here and, and I was just like wow it's amazing and so I blocked that away and then it's uh, went through um, uh, Christian positions on same-sex marriage and stuff like that, and um, wow, you really wrestled it all out. Yeah, and it just knocked roadblock after roadblock after roadblock out for me. So it just it said, you know, like hey, you know, here's you know a lot of the Christian positions on you know um, you know uh, same-sex marriage and, and you know gay theology and the like, and you know some churches believe this, some churches believe that. You know, it's all really interesting theology. Um, if you become a Christian, you can look into this more and develop your own position. But let's look at you know, Jesus and what happened at the empty tomb. And because um, I got all those roadblocks out of the way, I was able to just really focus. And for wow. me as an engineer, and it just presented the facts about the empty tomb, really. Um, and I wrestled for a long time with why that tomb was empty. Like, so I actually, you know, really believed in the historical Jesus, that he really existed. Mm. Um but just never thought he could rise from the dead. I always sort of believed, you know, the disciples must have stolen his body or yeah. know, maybe they went to the wrong tomb, all those sort of theories. And it just presented the really great sort of arguments of why they probably weren't the case. And and I remember sitting in my room in my, in my bunker, you know, in East Timor, um, on a bunk bed with my mate underneath me and just really wrestling, going, I can't, I can't rationally believe that Jesus rose from there because it's impossible to rise from the dead. Mm. But... Looking at all the facts, I can't explain why the tomb was empty. There's no other reason for the tomb being empty other than he actually rose from the dead. Mm. And I was 60-40 on it, and I did a big risk assessment. I was kind of like, oh, look, <laughs> you know, if if this is true, this is hardcore because it means there's heaven and hell really exist. And, yeah. and if I don't believe it, 
the risk is I'll go to hell. If, if I choose to believe it and it turns out it's not real, it doesn't matter anyway because it would have been the same position. So the sort of risk assessment was leaning on just believe. And um, I said to my, I remember saying to myself, I'll give myself two weeks. I'll believe that Jesus rose from the dead for two weeks. It's impossible as that actually is. Yeah. And if I don't, if it sounds, if I'm still embarrassed to tell people I believe that in two weeks' time because I can't rationally understand it, I'll, um, I'll change my mind again. And I flicked the switch and said, I'll rationally believe. And it, the most intellectually satisfying decision I've ever made in my life. It just... Gosh, really? You know, I now know that the Bible talks about the cornerstone, but for me it was. It was just every single thing. It was just like dominating my mind. I just remember that night. just going, oh, wow. Like, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, forgiveness and, and why he went to the cross. Cause wow. he rose from the, and it's kind of like it's the most outlandish, out there miracle of all the miracles recorded in the Bible. Um and, and, and I was struggling to believe them, but I was like, if the most outlandish and incredible one that someone rose from the dead is actually true, um, it means, you know, by, you know, rational thought analysis, you know, the rest of them are true too. And so that means that, that means that, that means that, and um, yeah, never look back. I love and, it. Yeah. And Ash really obviously gave you the, the space to do that, which I think is so, in, yeah. so important. I mean, a lot of the times you can say faith and knowledge are in opposition, but they do work, work together and having that time to be able to wrestle that out is so awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. that eventually you made that faith decision yep. and then it was solidified by that. Uh, extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Really good. And um, Changed your life. Changed my life. And, and I don't know if it was there and then. That was, yeah, so I didn't actually give my life to Jesus for about another six months after that. And that was sort of coming back, um, coming back to Australia you know, moving to Sydney, Ash moved down to Sydney, um, you know, living apart and just going through our life, got engaged and then, um, and just having to deal with like, you know, um, the history of not being a Christian, everything that happened in my life and, and sin. And so I had a real head knowledge that Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus is God and what that means. But actually with hindsight, I hadn't given him my life for about, you know, I hadn't actually submitted everything to him to, yeah, wow. um, make him my Lord and savior. Um, and then so that, yeah, had a real key moment where that happened about six months later and I uh, had some great sort of experiences around that and, you know, and then got, yeah, and then it was like, you know, do I get baptised and what that means as a 26-year-old and all my, so cool, all the rest of my mates aren't Christian, like everyone in the army and, you know, the, mm. what's happened to Jack and, um, <laughs> what's happened know, so, to Jack? <laughs> so I go get water baptised and invite them all around to sort of be part of that and, um, yeah, so I went through that journey later and, yeah. Oh, man. I've, I've loved hearing your story. It's, it's beautiful. I, I hope it's an encouragement to many of us, you know, just to give the space to be able to ask questions and and to uh, go on that journey, yeah. you know. Um, it's really, really important. And your whole journey, it's amazing how God's been in it, obviously, the whole way along. Yeah. And um, it's beautiful. Thanks, good, man. good and exciting days ahead, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've got to say one thing, because I've said some pretty outlandish stuff there, but and it's like those roadblocks that got out of the way. It's funny how my positions have changed since. Wow. Yeah. Like just, so I'm big on that almost now. Get, don't put roadblocks in people's way to becoming a Christian. Um, yes. Let them just make, you know, believe in Jesus rose from the dead and make him Lord and Savior. And then he does all the work and he did a lot of work on me in a lot of different, so the positions I had pre-Christian was 180 degrees now. And I, and I get a lot of that, you know, creationism and, wow. you know, um, conservative and I'm open everyone to have different positions but yeah. you know um, 
you were just open to change in, in a lot of ways. Oh, I was. I, don't, I wouldn't think the sales open, man. I wrestled really hard. And I, yeah, remember, right. and I remember trying to hold on to certain positions that I really had and just the conviction of like, yeah, Jack, yeah, that's not the truth. It's like your, your thoughts are wrong here. And, yeah. and Ash could never tell me that. Like I would never mm. have listened to Ash tell me that or anybody else. It just had to be um, a period of a couple of years. And that's obviously still ongoing now too of all sorts of stuff, you know, different, different issues that, you know, arise in our world and, you got to wrestle it out. It's so beautiful. I mean, again, if you look at the life of Jesus, he spent predominantly his time with people who weren't Christian. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. who asked questions that were trying to work life out the best that they could, but were making plenty of mistakes. Yeah. And he loved those people. In fact, he, he welcomed their questions and their, having them around him. And I think yeah, it's always yeah. something to acknowledge and remember when we're when in Christianity that... Yeah. Jesus was the, the greatest lover of those who thought differently and didn't know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So good. Jack, so much for your time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Ryan. It's been great. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone that's listened has uh, been as blessed as I have been, and I look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks, guys.